Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. This week, we're talking about one of the more hotly anticipated movies of the summer, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. And with me to help break down the movie is a uh, old podcasting partner, Mark Marusis. Mark, welcome back. Last time we saw you, we were talking Devil Inside Me. <laughs> Was that the name of the movie? Yeah, The Conjuring one. God, what an awful name when you say it just like without The Conjuring. <laughs> Just like, oh, we want to see the Wait, devil no, inside me. I think it was me. the devil made me do it. I don't know what the devil, the devil inside me, me is. <laughs> yeah, Matt, I kind of like the devil inside me. What? What? What is that? I almost feel like I should look that up. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so that is. That's the the X rated version of of Rosemary's Baby. Is that what that is? Yeah. It's bef- it's the director's cut. Yeah. So, Mark, bringing you on because you're you're a a big fan of of superheroes and particularly raunchy superhero content so uh i figured you'd be a good person to bring on for for this movie um i guess for a little bit of context i don't know why you wouldn't know what the suicide squad is if you're listening to this but just in case um basically a a dc comic series um do you know how popular it is i guess this is kind of the thing i wanted to lead off with is about a year ago, when the Warner Brothers was sort of debuting footage from this movie, uh, you and I on a older podcast we used to do together, I think we're we're talking with a little bit of kind of a, a raised eyebrow about this movie. I think we were a little like, again, like <laughs> really, do like do people really care that much about the the Suicide Squad as as a property that we need to like immediately rebrand it? Um, obviously there's the, the much maligned 2016 film that David Ayer directed that I'm, I'm sure we'll have to talk about to some extent when no. talking about this new one, um, which made a lot of money, even though I, I, I honestly don't know a single person who likes it. And it's probably one of the more like insufferable movie going experiences I've had in this kind of modern comic book era you and i saw that together right is that was, was that like right after we first met um it might have been but i can tell you i don't rec- recollect my first time fi- viewing that movie like at all i just remember not like hearing that it was not that good and then going to like a, a pre-screening of it or something and it somehow was even worse than I could possibly imagine. And our friend Jad Suba, I remember like emailing him a a PDF document. Oh god. <laughs> not a PDF, like a Word document. It was like a six page Word document that I had made with not not just sort of criticism of the movie, but just sort of questions I had about all the like bizarre choices that that movie made. Um but I, I, I sort of bring it up because, like, last year I remember you and I talking about how it, it just seemed like that movie made money, but no one really liked it. And so Warner Brothers was like, we have this property that clearly makes money. We just need to, like, keep bringing people in to tinker on it because it's sort of too big to fail. Um, but you and I actually really like this movie, I think. It was, it was really good. I enjoyed 
especially like the first 30 45 minutes yeah definitely fantastic comedy yeah um, so david i think Ayer. we need to talk about the, Wait, the 20... i can't get past david Ayer. we we gotta we gotta talk about the 2016 one a little bit um can we, can we stop him from making movies so okay well that's he apparently is coming out now and being like the version of that movie that exists is not what he intended yeah because he wants his career to continue that's why (laughs) which i I think we all kind of got the sense that that was the the thing like i remember like the week of it being released there was already stories coming out about how there was a lot of uh last minute tinkering of this was sort of like one of those early projects i think where um dc and warner brothers were clearly trying to go for like we're we're doing this like very dark, very brooding tone for everything. And then there was that one trailer that was like very pop, very bright, very colorful, and had the Queen soundtrack to it. Yep. And audiences really didn't take to the sort of like brooding oppressive tone of Batman versus Superman. Shot. And last minute, like the 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 suits at Warner Brothers were sort of like we need to like rework this movie into making it. It it basically sounds like they, they shot that 2016 one to be like a typical David Ayer movie, which is like a very grungy, like violent crime, militaristic movie. And then like, yeah. And then at the last minute, like months before it was going to come out, they were like, actually, can we rebrand this as something that's a, a lot more pop, a lot more, colorful and a lot more funny and i think while that movie has like an insane amount of problems that we just don't have time to get into and should probably just move on um it definitely kind of feels like i don't know w- would you agree with me that it kind of feels like they shot one movie and then like the version you get is kind of like the shoving a <laughs> a round pet or like a round circle into a square peg it's like them trying to last minute like shape it into a completely different genre or a completely different tone of movie yeah so it seems like they want to follow the justice league route or like the superman versus batman i guess not justice mm-hmm. league but then like i mean this is supposed to be their guardians of the galaxy right they're off like you know off on their own s- silly characters that really like aren't like fit the mold that you see every time on tv and but then they want to like they mix in these two worlds that should not be mixed. So then they, I guess, I wonder if they start making this film before Guardians of the Galaxy came out, or like in the middle of it. I think it was like right when the production after, start. But I can't, I can't totally remember what because that was all so long ago. Yeah. I just remember like it coming out and clearly feeling like that. That's what they wanted. They wanted this to be like the DC version of of guardians of the galaxy and it was somehow just like this really ugly looking hot mess of a movie with jared leto's like trap house joker in it. yeah no it's jesus christ i forgot about that also the cast is wasn't whatever it's just a lot of issues with that movie and we we don't if, we don't have time works. to get into that 2016 movies i don't want to like endless set of issues but i think it's important to bring up in context of this movie especially since this one is 
written and directed by James Gunn, who made the Guardians of the Galaxy movies yep. for Marvel. And I don't know if you remember like the the story of how he landed this that was basically around like some alt right group had like drudged up a bunch of like tweets that he had made ten years prior that were let's just maybe say in objective bad taste. And yep. he was like very professional about them. And was just like, yeah, those jokes are not appropriate at all. And I was a, you know, less mature person back then. And I've learned a lot, but Disney fired him from the third Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> movie. And Warner brothers came in and was basically like, Hey, we're looking to rebrand suicide squad. Do you want to, uh, you know, apply some of your magic over here? And then he just and Disney ended up like rehiring him to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So let listen at the end of the day, cancel culture isn't real, and like no one ever faces. <laughs> There's no long term consequences to anything. <laughs> if you're good at what you do, they don't care. No one cares. Um, but yeah, I I think this new one. Um, there's so many different avenues we can go down to talk about it, but um, I think it definitely feels like if you're familiar with those those two Guardians movies that he did for Marvel, it definitely feels like that that aesthetic and that style and that sort of kind of, uh, I don't know, just sort of like free spirit, zany energy of those movies, but in a much, much like raunchier, grotesque, sort of R-rated oh, yeah. version of that. Fully um, embraces the R. Yes, yes. Or if you're familiar um, with like some of James Gunn's earlier work, with like he worked a lot with this like low budget kind of a uh, trashy exploitation company called Troma, and this almost to some extent feels like a multi million dollar version of like some of the stuff he did at Troma. Um, but I don't know. Why don't you walk me through like how you feel about this movie? So I mean, this movie is exactly what it needs to be. It's fun. doesn't set anything up. I mean, it probably sets things up that we don't know about, but it doesn't really matter within this small pocket of that universe. And it's no issues. I mean, spoiler alert, some characters are going to die. Yes. A lot of characters are going to die, and there's no attachment. And so it gives it more of a rated R whimsical appeal to it. Because it is yeah. gory. It is violent. It is grotesque at times. Um, but it's also like free flowing, no attachment, and the audience probably doesn't have any attachment, maybe to Sebastian the rat, but that's about it. Yeah, I actually think like I think fun is definitely the thing that like stands out from what you said. Of the, this movie has a sense of of fun and playfulness that. I almost want more of it in comic book movies. Like I went, I went and saw this actually in a theater with some family and uh, interesting to, to mention that one person actually did walk out. It, the, the, the gore was a little too much for them, <laughs> but um, afterwards walking out being like, yeah, I like have zero interest in like brooding, incredibly serious superhero stuff anymore. Of I I almost just want at this point the like zany fun energy and kind of endless um, weirdness that comic books can sometimes have. Like obviously, aside from the Guardians of the Galaxy, the other thing this made me think of is like that's what I liked about the the Taika Waititi Thor movie 
it's just sort of like, yeah, Thor comics are like ridiculous and silly. And I kind of love how James Gunn was just like, even more than the the sort of grotesqueness of this movie, I I really admire just the the zany fun that almost feels like you know a a, a thirteen year old diving into kind of just like ridiculously nasty comics and just like having fun with their action figures. Um, and and I don't know, I just I enjoyed that kind of like madcap energy that this has. No, I totally agree, and. I feel like for the most part, like that is what the comics are starting to lean to or the comic films are starting to lean towards more just this mm-hmm. zany fun, just entertainment. And we're going to, but like Marvel builds the world as they do it. I don't mm-hmm. know what DC is doing. And I honestly don't care if they build anything. Um, and like, I don't totally want the brooding to go away. Cause I'm really excited for this, uh, Pattinson Batman. Oh yeah, I did. It was interesting that trailer came up like as we were in the theater and uh one of my aunts was like, um that looks intense, like very <laughs> intense. <laughs> that looks like a little too uh brooding and serious for me and I was like, point taken. <laughs> I still think that movie I'm still kind of hyped for that movie. Oh, That's the it. only exception to the like uh uber uber seriousness that I'll take is is that Batman movie actually does look really good. I feel like if you do like one-offs with certain characters, like a lot of these characters are already known, especially Batman, but you know, if you mm-hmm. take smaller ones from different things and you just like make them into like some art house, a 24 kind of stuff. I feel like it could play well. Just lower the that's, budget. That's not lower the Joker. expectations. Lower the, bu- please stop with the Joker. No, no more, Joker. no, no more pretentious comic book movies, please. Um, no. And I definitely think like another aspect of this, that's, that's really fun is James Gunn getting to kind of populate this movie, which I, I guess I should say the concept of suicide squad for anyone that's not familiar with it is it's basically like a, a super villain version of the dirty dozen. It's like, there's this, uh, all these different kind of D list super villains from the DC comic book universe get, uh, put together on, uh, a team that goes and does incredibly dangerous missions and the idea is that they're, you know, expendable if anything goes wrong. <laughs> and I, well, I think one of the, the more entertaining aspects of this is James Gunn clearly having fun kind of reaching into the troughs of, of DC comics and pulling out all of these kind of like ridiculous D list superheroes, like, Mr. Polka Dot, or what is his <laughs> name? It's like Captain Polka Dot, or Mr. Polka Dot Man, or Polka Dot uh, Man, or something like that. I think but, it might be Polka Dot Man. Oh, God, yeah, know. but just having like fun with the absurdity of some of these characters. Like there is a a Shark Man <laughs> that is voiced by Sylvester Stallone and is like delightfully funny in the movie when he's not like ripping soldiers in half or like gobbling up people <laughs> that they're fighting um so yeah and i think we got to talk about the cast a little bit um some people from that first david ayer movie come back um margot robbie is back as as harley quinn um viola davis returning as her character who's kind of the sort of nick fury to this group she's sort of like the government bureaucrat that kind of puts together the team to do these missions and um jay courtney 
that's where I, oh <laughs> yeah briefly jay Courtney. captain boomerang yes um and who is it that plays rick flag again uh uh what is his name i'm looking this up now i always forget he's, he's like always in something too i feel like i see him all the time joel kinnaman that's it yes yeah so i mean there's a couple characters from that that first um david ayer movie that that return i would say other than i mean the joel kinnaman character whatever i can kind of take or leave it it basically seems like the only characters that really get for the most part brought over are margot robbie as harley quinn and viola davis and other than that it's it's pretty much an entirely new cast i have to imagine the idris elba character although i really love idris elba was originally written to be the the will smith character from the first movie but will smith clearly does not want to come back to this i'm Um, okay with that i think they made the right choice even if it wasn't their choice to make yeah i remember thinking will smith was like okay and like one of the only like fine parts of the the air one but i i really like elba's just like pure exhausted kind of eye rolling energy that he has (laughs) throughout this entire movie his exchange with his daughter was amazing And and so like I like I mentioned, you get Sylvester Stallone voicing like a shark man called King Shark. You get John Cena playing oh, this God. ridiculous character called Peacemaker that's basically like an alt right Captain America. <laughs> and then uh Daniela Mel Melchor Melchor? I don't know how to say it. Um sorry for my pronunciation dyslexia, but ba- playing a uh, rat catcher number two. Hey, <laughs> such a good name another another like the polka dot man just like a ridiculous like d-list villain that it's like what's her power is like she controls rats let me just um, say rats are the most terrifying animal especially in quantity just saying do you do you like rats i like sebastian that's sebastian's pretty cool that's about it but i mean so have you ever there was like an internet thing that went around like two years ago and it was like you get to pick two animals and the rest are coming to kill you. And it was like 10,000 rats, two alligators, 10 wolves or whatever. And I just like, you got to pick the 10,000 rats. They're unstoppable. And this proves my point. This film. You want 10,000 rats to come kill you. No, come protect me from the animals oh, coming to kill oh, me. Oh, okay. I, I thought you meant like, you got to choose you're going to die, which, no, which no, no, do you no. want to kill you? And I was like, I'd rather go for some, some animal that's going to do it quickly. <laughs> so something else I wanted, I wanted to bring up to you because this is a very, 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 very R-rated movie. Yes. Um, something interesting I, I noted I, a couple of years ago. Um, I remember Sean Finnessy at The Ringer had some tweet that was basically like uh, predicting we're kind of near the end of our kind of big uh, comic book era. We're sort of entering and sort of like drawing a comparison to the Western era and of like the sort of last stage of the Western era is kind of that like Sam Peckinpah era where things get like very, very violent and very, very, uh, if not arch, then there's sort of like dirtier, more morally complicated versions of the Western myths that had sort of dominated the genre throughout most of the old Hollywood era. And after that, after the genre sort of like, 
gets itself dirty and is sort of trying to subverse the the tropes of the the previous movies then that's kind of a sign that it's winding down and kind of predicting that we're sort of in an era like that with a lot of the comic book movies i think you and i talked about this a little bit when when joker came out um there's obviously been the boys which i know is a series that i've not seen but i know you are a big fan of and then what was that a recent series that was on Amazon that had like Steven Yoon oh, uh, and J.K. Simmons. Yeah, isn't that like kind of in in this vein? It it seems like we're full the this new Suicide Squad movie is kind of fitting comfortably in what seems to be a wave of stuff that and I guess you could kind of throw the Deadpool movies yeah. into that too, although my mileage kind of varies that's that's more of a Ryan Reynolds issue, which I might have the table for if we ever talk about Free Guy on on this on this. Oh, podcast. did you see that? No, I have oh. I haven't seen it, okay. but I know if we cover it on this show, I'm going to have to like elaborate on my Ryan Reynolds conundrum, which is basically like a little bit goes a long way with me. Yeah, not to get sidetracked. No idea how that movie got made. Is that for children? Is is that what the appeal is? I don't really understand. Okay. I don't really understand the concept of it. It's like what? It's like a video game version of the Truman Show or something? Uh, yes, except he's not actually a human. He's just a video game. Whatever. I <laughs> we, we saw a pre we saw a preview for that too, and it was literally just like Ryan Reynolds in a fat suit talking about how he like or not a fat suit like a, a bodybuilder suit or something talking about how he can't fit into the the Deadpool costume anymore it was it was very strange i like literally don't understand any of the marketing behind this movie I, um yeah but <laughs> but back to our point did are do you maybe kind of like agree with that theory or like how do you what do you make of this kind of like recent trend that we're going on with these like very very hyper violent very very arch like intentionally subversive superhero movies that are coming out. Uh, I think I agree definitely. Cause I mean, if you look at the arc of any genre that like dominates a decade or a long span of time, right. it just gets gorier and gorier. You can look at like horror, they go through different subgenres, but each of the subgenres right. have like the arc of like, here's zombies. Now it's just going to get fucking, sorry, cursing. It's just going to get out of control. Fun. It's going to get out of control. <laughs> It's going to be gore, just absurdness. And like, you know, slashers were like that, things like that. Westerns, like you said. Um, even like, I guess the action, just like pure action movies, like Fast, Furious, like what? they're not getting gory, but they're getting more ridiculous. And that's just, I guess, where we go. I think DC will definitely uh, bring comic book movies to that point quicker because they have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. As Marvel is trying to strategize to have like three more phases, just ready to go for the next twenty years, I'm I'm a little <laughs> concerns probably the wrong word because <laughs> I don't have that much invested in it. But I'm a I'm a I'm a little like apprehensive of this where we're getting in the with some of the Marvel stuff where we're going to start getting into all this like multiverse talk and like you you can have like multiple versions of any character and like what does that mean? Does that mean in, no, there's no stakes or anything or how many different like weird continuities and timelines am I going to have to keep up to like, is, is, are they going to get to the the point with that? Like Christy Strauss and I have been talking about this. Are they going to get to the point with that stuff where like 
I don't need to keep up with everything, or am I going to need to keep up with like 18 different timelines and continuity things and still going to be expected to like consume every little bit of content? See, but like, that's one thing Marvel does well is like you can, the casuals can almost, almost jump into any movie and have an idea mm-hmm. what's going on, which I think is what has been keeping them going for so long. But like for the people that aren't like casuals and are into the comics and just into the world and just the mythos of it all, like, they're going to be hyped for this. They're excited. They're like, really haven't had any Marvel in years. They can't wait for the, the Spider-Man emoji to literally come to life. Yeah. This, Do you think that's, <laughs> I know you roll your eyes at that, but there are people that are like foaming at the mouth waiting, just counting down the days. I really just hope Tobey Maguire plays poker in that movie. Oh, I just, I could watch him play poker in real life. I could watch Have someone play trailer? him I... playing poker in Molly's game. <laughs> Have you seen that the trailer for that Paul Schrader movie, The Card Counter, with with Oscar Isaac in it? No, but I got some qualms. With I, I kind of, I kind of want as much as I love Oscar Isaac. I kind of want to know what the version of that movie with Tobey Maguire is. Probably better. <laughs> is Oscar Isaac overrated? I was thinking this last night. No, he's is not. He overrated? <laughs> is his movie choices? Are his movie choices just bad? I'm over him. Sorry, this is off track. That's, sh- that's shameful. It's okay. This is a good tangent for us to get on. No, let's 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 roll it back to Suicide Squad. Um, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I think another superhero. What? He's gonna be a superhero, isn't he? Oh, Oscar Isaac. Moon Knight. Yeah, he's like Moon Knight. Sorry, I think we're get we're getting a little too far down the rabbit hole of the these these characters. We're really scraping the barrel. It seems. Um, no, I think like another interesting kind of like subversive aspect of this movie is there is kind of a commentary that you can tap into that's about like American intervention in foreign countries Mm. and about how like, you know, this whole movie is set on like a fictional uh, Latin American Island, but you know, there's a lot of callbacks to just like us going into foreign countries, trying to uh, make things better and end up just like creating a lot of chaos and destruction along the way. And I don't know. I think that's like a really interesting, smart commentary that you would normally not think of for a superhero movie that that you can choose to, to look at this with. And there's obviously there's, you know, uh, a very like HP Lovecraft inspired monster <laughs> that shows up at the end that also this is a, a bit of a spoiler, but I think, you know, ties into that theme of like the, the dirty things that the American industrial complex will, will do to foreign countries in order for us to, you know, justify our own, uh, Liberty. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I I think that's really smart, and I I don't know if you wanted to like comment any on like what's been going on on that show, The Boys, which from what I've heard is kind of like treading similar territory of being on one hand this very like nasty, more grotesque version of a superhero story, but also is like smartly commenting on yeah, if superheroes actually existed, there would probably be like an authoritarian aspect to it, and you know. Oh, it is very. The boys definitely showcase the authoritarian nature of just how corporations work, how the government and corporations work intertwine, things like that. And it's very yeah. like hard look at like hard right people, things like that, and just a lot of introspective commentary just on government, politics, people, and 
just how easily manipulated people are. Yeah. Things like that. Um, back to your point about this movie being about like South America, they literally had Fidel Castro. Like that dude was Fidel Castro. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't, but he was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, there's like the, the kind of funny sequence where, um, you know the the suicide squad members go and like slaughter this group of soldiers and it's really like the resistance fighters and the head of the resistance fighters is you know makes that comment of like this is what you americans do you just like go in and just start sh- shooting up ever everyone and actually make a bigger mess than yeah. when you even came in um where and there's think, no consequences no and no consequences i think if i do have like a a a slight criticism against the movie. And this is something, um, Alan Sepinwall, the TV critic at Rolling Stone, uh, put on his little like letterbox review of it. It's maybe that ultimately the movie's got to, it doesn't totally commit to the nihilism at the end of, uh, there was kind of a point in the movie that I, I won't, I won't fully spoil, but where, uh, a city is being destroyed and laid to rubble and the heroes are told like yeah you're don't get involved anymore and i feel like the more kind of honest more nihilistic version there is a version of this movie where they would just be like well shit and then they would just turn around and go home or and would just be like well it's not our problem anymore and and just go home instead of having to uh you know make the the typical hero movie pivot and say like no we we actually gotta be heroes and save the day um I, I guess the only other minor complaint i would make and then i'll I'll kind of toss the ball to you to give some more of your thoughts um there is like a mid part of this movie that drags for me a little bit i gotta be honest the harley quinn stuff kind of dragged for me and i i, I think like margot robbie is fun in that role but i i think I don't know. I I didn't find that character as sort of um, interesting just on her own as much as like in an ensemble and bouncing off some of the other characters. And I think I think those would be my only kind of like nitpicks of this movie um, is is kind of finding it dragging in some of the like solo Harley sections of the movie. And then it I I don't even necessarily think the ending's bad. The ending is crazy and wild and weird and grotesque and really funny in places. But um, that, you know, this this ultimately does have to become, like, a big studio superhero movie at a certain point. Yeah, so I was thinking that, too, because, like, she's there in scenes, but she's not doing anything. But then they give her, like, here's 20 minutes for you to, like, we're going to just do 20 minutes on you. And I don't know if that was, like, just a she can't be there for everything or that she just they she's their bread and butter right now so like they were like we need that's, to have you we need to give yeah, you Yeah, that's your... what it kind of seems like is she was clearly like the breakout character yeah. of that 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 David Ayer movie and I don't know did you ever see the the solo Harley Quinn What's the title? movie You tell me the title I, and I'll I, give you an answer. Is it is it called Birds of Prey? That's some of it. <laughs> I don't remember the Didn't that movie go through like three different titles? <laughs> yeah. Um isn't it like a fantabulous adventures of a of a Miss Princess Harley Quinn or something like that? <laughs> Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Good lord. <laughs> um, I did see that. It's a fun movie. It's good. It's not bad. It's, 
Yeah, it's kind of like Suicide Squad, where it's like a nice one-off, small adventure, no stakes, just fu- enjoyable. It still keeps the same color palette as like the Justice League and Batman and all that, but it, then they have the mm-hmm. different like contrast colors of brightness and things like that, kind of like what we see here in Suicide Squad. But I do think a lot of it is like she's their moneymaker, but they want to get these characters to become also that. So I think they like mm-hmm. had her in the background, gave her her twenty minutes, so you remember her. But but you can still fall in love with these other characters, which, sure. Yeah, I I definitely think I I I felt more of the more of an attraction to the the new characters and the new members of the cast. Yeah. Um, but I, I another thing that you know, if we're going to kind of compare this to <laughs> two other things that I think we have to compare this to the the David Ayer version, um. You know, I I don't know how much you remember about the the air version, but like, there's that weird moment at the end where it all of a sudden like cue the Fast and Furious music, cue cue, cue the Wiz Khalifa song. It's oh, got to become about hashtag family and like all these characters who kind of don't want to see, don't seem like they want to be on the mission, don't seem like they really get along with each other, or all of a sudden like come on guys we're all a family (laughs) and then they're just like okay and then they like that air version i remember tries to go for this like hard pivot at a certain point of like this is actually a a family of characters and they've they've bonded together but you don't get any sense of that and that is one thing that i think gun is able to do here that is way more effective of like you buy the camaraderie with this kind of ragtag group of characters a lot more and i think he's he's willing to give each member of the team their own sort of distinct little personality or distinct little quirk and you understand how they function within the ensemble whereas like the 2016 suicide squad movie there's just like a a dude that's like what's your thing and he's like i just shoot fire <laughs> or or isn't there a guy that's yeah, like he burns his whole rope? family alive or something Oh, that's right. And then, then they became his that's family. Wh- that's why he's sad, or something yeah, like that. That's why he's sad. He, <laughs> he, he, God, I hate that. He's movie. the same guy from Manchester by the Sea. Lucas Hedges? No. What? Which was a joke because uh, Casey, you know, oh, burns God. his family alive. <laughs> Too dark. Boo. <laughs> I was going to add like a, a, a crowd of booing. I mean, in, in there. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I think the music drops is another thing. Um, Guns guardians movies, obviously like oh, yeah. very known for their music drops. And I think the kind of uh, attempt to make suicide squad, kind of the DC version of that. Do you, re- do you remember the music drops in, um, I remember in there's the first suicide squad? There's like a Rick Ross, little Wayne Wiz Khalifa, Something, somebody else too, like all together. Oh, it might They're, be like Dead Mouse or some e- or EDM DJ too. Well, like all, there's all there's, one song. There's the bad songs that were written for the movie, yeah. and then there's all the like really painful, like on the nose needle drops of like, uh, you know, they play House of the Rising Sun when like a title card goes up for like New Orleans because it's got that line of like there there is a house in New Orleans. Oh, cool! <laughs> and you get the when, connection. Uh, Do you get it? 
when Will Smith's character comes out, they play Black Skinhead, and oh, um, cool. Harley comes out to like super. I I just remember super that base. movie has like it's super free oh. the 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 Rick James song, and cool. uh, yeah, there's just a lot of like really on the nose needle drops that are happening every three seconds in that movie and all of them are it's it's like a 11 year old hitting shuffle on their eye on their iphone or something yeah. um but i so actually bad. really like the mu- yeah the music here it it's it's good there's like less needle drops but i think when they come like i don't know as someone who's a big pixies fan there's a really yeah. great pixies needle drop here um i don't know what what other kind of like fun little details about this movie kind of stand out to you uh music for sure the like i touched on earlier like i like how there's no real like they don't i don't know i don't know their words uh so they don't you don't really have a connection to the characters and so they're sounds a little dark but their lives like really don't matter and like they're just killing people off at some point and it's just like there's see i i maybe kind of disagree with that of like i think there's there's certainly characters that without getting too much into spoilers um although i assume if people are listening to this they've probably seen the movie but there are certainly characters that get like humorously dispatched in like really gory detail yeah but not even but in the I, beginning i yeah, mean the beginning is hilarious I, but sorry yeah but i think even i don't know i think like one of the gun touches of this movie is as kind of gross and snarky as it is i think there's a real like sentimental sweetness and he like really loves these kind of bizarre d-list characters (laughs) and and you know there there's a there's a bit of emotion to it i mean i I don't want to like oversell it and make it sound tear jerky but i i i think there is a a sense of of care to like even when kind of the more core characters in the story get dis or spoiler even even when when more like bigger net more central characters get dispatched in the movie i I think it's meant to have uh, a bigger impact than uh there are sort of other characters later on that get dispatched more as like a joke if that makes sense yeah i don't know i'm kind of here for like no consequences no attachment right i want chaos to reign in these movies i wish i could just cue the have you seen antichrist no the lars von trier movie should I? That has a is there anything like a, pig? A, that has a sequence where like a fox turns to Willem Dafoe and says, "Chaos reigns." <laughs> oh, have I not seen this? Uh, but yeah, what what are some other like details that you kind of um ad- admire about the movie? I I think for me, I just really enjoy that this is a movie that feels like it's it's someone's vision and you know that's not to necessarily say it's like on the same level as something like the green knight that i talked about last week with with josh martin but you know that this movie has a personality to it and it 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 feels fully of james gunn and his style and his personality and i think other than I don't know, maybe other than the the first Wonder Woman movie, it's it's probably like like those two are probably the only DC movies or at, at least from this like recent run of like post Chris Nolan Batman. Yeah. Like like 
the the Snyder stuff onward, like this most recent run of DC movies, those are really the only two that I can say I've I've walked out of the theater kind of wholeheartedly in, enjoying and having had a, a good time with maybe just sort of like minor quibbles or just sort of like maybe individual scenes that didn't click for me, but overall really enjoying myself and having a fun time. No, yeah. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, which is key for these movies. And definitely one of the... That and this and Wonder Woman are probably the only two DC movies since Snyder that I've actually enjoyed and would consider rewatching. So there's that. Do you like Shazam? I feel like that's that's the other... Yeah. I, I don't really love that movie, but I like... If I was eleven, I maybe would. I don't. I don't think it's bad. I think it's like okay. I, there's no appeal to me. There's no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I. I think I, I might have even rewatched it. I still don't remember anything from it really. I remember thinking it was like it was fine. Yeah. Like I had. I had a a solidly fun time, but felt like it was a little aimed at someone much younger than. Yeah. Me. I wish these movies were just more organized in general. And just a a common goal if they're gonna try to make one thing. So so you would rather them get a little bit more cohesive, like the Marvel stuff. Yes is. and no. I mean, like for the main characters, but like for Suicide Squad, it can go off and be its R-rated gore fest of yeah. laughs and murder. I'm 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 kind of with it if they just want to like you know bring someone on and have them bring their personality to it i mean even i mean that's organized though that's like yeah even the aquaman movie which i remember being like very very mixed on like that has a lot of like signature james wan goofiness to it um even if that movie also feels like it's like 12 different movies and is like a hot mess and is like really really silly in places um maybe not Maybe not intentionally so. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you have any last thoughts on on the the Suicide Squad um, before we kind of wrap up? Go see it. It's really fun. Yeah, uh, it's it's. I it might be. I guess this and in the heights. I was very of like, You know the the two like main of like the mainstream movies that have come out this summer. Those those actually might be the the two better blockbusters quote-unquote, like, mainstream studio movies that I have seen this year? Um, Godzilla? Nah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> that's all I got. I got nothing. <laughs> well, uh, before we wrap up, I would be a bad friend if I did not let you just uh, talk about Pig <gasps> for a little bit, because uh, a, lot of, a lot of people... Have been chatting about it online. I know you are were a giant fan of it, so I figured while I got you on here, I might as well get you to uh, to just share your your feelings on your latest Nicolas Cage drama. Uh, so Nicolas Cage is going to win the Oscar. Um, he participated in a film called Pig, and it was a beautiful masterpiece about you know just life in general and fighting with loss, and you know how some people they cope with it and some others don't, and how they cope with it and you know, I was expecting some taken, some John Wick esque shenanigans to occur, and I was brought into this underground Portland chef world, and it was a beautiful adventure. And I don't understand how this isn't your favorite movie ever. Uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm fully with you on Cage. This is like in the conversation for like my 
favorite performance of the year and is like a really beautiful sweet like touching like like genuinely like really moving performance and is like so subtle and quiet and is like not what we expect from i'd I'd say late stage nicholas cage oh yeah i feel like late stage nicholas cage we think of like the bees the bees (laughs) (laughs) or him just covered in blood in what is it is it molly mandy Mandy. is that what it's called yes just like cheesing yeah, I, I'm 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 gonna revisit this movie at, at some point this year because you and so many people I know really, really love it. It did not click for me for some reason. There's just like so many big picture there there's just so many other things that I don't quite get in this movie. Like there's the, the Alex Wolf character and his father, like that whole aspect of the movie. I just like don't understand those characters relationship to each other and to Nicolas Cage or to this, like, I, I, I wanted more from this like weird underworld of like the Portland restaurant scene, especially as someone who mercilessly devoured, uh, the current season of, or the most recent season of top chef that was all in Portland. Oh. I was like, give, give me more of the, uh, the Portland restaurant. Was it the fight club scene that you didn't like or, <laughs> No, see, I wanted more like weird little details like that. Yeah, I I wanted like if it if you're going to give me this whole like weird fantastical underworld of with like I don't know with 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 just like people having different reputations and and stuff. I don't know. There's just I I felt a little bit lacking at the the end of it. But I'm I'm going to revisit it. I'm going to revisit it because you and so many people I know really really love it and i appear to be in the minority but i'm i'm fully with you on the cage performance of like i think this is the best performance nicholas cage has given in many many years is he gonna win the oscar jesse uh maybe he will if you start your campaign right i'm gonna now. start right now um you, you you got you gonna rent a billboard i mean who who's he competing <laughs> yeah i'm gonna rent a billboard. <laughs> who's he competing against right now uh who? i don't know I, I was trying to think Godzilla? No. No dialogue. <laughs> One of the nominees were N- Nicolas Cage. Godzilla. Oh my god. Idris Elba for Suicide Squad. <laughs> hey, I mean, I think Elba's really good in the movie. He's good in the movie. I'm trying to think. I guess I didn't see Green Knight yet, so I don't know if there's any. That's just a good uh, movie. It's 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 there's some great performances in it, but it is it is not a like performance movie if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I got that. I didn't think it would, would try- be. I'm trying to cast my my thoughts to the the fall and what we got coming up. I don't know. Maybe maybe someone in Gucci. Mm. No. Speaking of Jared Leto, is don't don't look up coming out this year. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Leo. Yeah. Eh. Bunny Leo. Yeah, I mean, he'll get some buzz. He's Leo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad that Leo's just like stepping into full comedy territory. I didn't know this, this is... was going to be on Netflix. I'm so excited. Yes. It's coming December, I think. Have you been seeing the ad? They've been like showing little ads for it during the Olympics. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. like, oh, cool. I can watch this at three in the morning. I'm excited. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been like nervously thinking. I was like, surely it can't be like really bad. <laughs> Like, think of all these people who are... <laughs> God. Yeah, if this is bad, this will be all-time great cast, worst movie. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you for, for stopping by this week. Good luck on your, your Oscar campaign for Nicolas Cage. Um, 
I, I recommend any billboard on Hollywood Boulevard. That'll that'll probably get some attention. Maybe you can rent an airplane that'll carry like a big banner. Do you think uh fly it over Los Angeles? Uh, GoFundMe for Nick Cage Oscar campaign will make any money. I think I'll get some donations. I actually think you. I actually think you could get some money from that. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually dead serious about that. Nick Cage love goes deep. <laughs> Well, thank you, thank you again for for stopping by this weekend. Thank you for having. Good me. luck on your campaign, and um, if you haven't seen the Suicide Squad and you're you're looking for a last bit of of summer fun, uh, check it out. And coming up in future weeks on the latest, going to be uh, talking about Aretha Franklin. Ooh. We got an Aretha Franklin movie coming out. We're going to be talking about Candyman. That's coming this month. Maybe this weird Hugh Jackman movie from the creators of, or one of the creators of Westworld. Someone asked me if that was a, a knockoff of Inception. It kind of looks it. Yeah. Speaking of me not knowing what Free Guy's about, like that preview came up and immediately my family who was all with me for the Suicide Squad movie were like, what in the world is that movie? Yeah. So, um, not a good look for Warner Brothers, no. but... Uh, stay tuned for future episodes. <laughs>